This is Jewish Board Talk with Sharice Zephard, only on 101.9 High FM. In Jonathan Anser's book, Mentures in the Trenches, one of the chapters is entitled The Human Being. It refers to Franz Auerbach, whom Jonathan introduces as follows. Franz Auerbach came to South Africa as a refugee in 1936 to escape Nazi Germany. He knew from experience what can happen when people are demonized. He had a wide range of interests, but it was in the field of teaching where he made a giant impact. Franz passed away in 2004 at the age of 81, but I am delighted to have his daughter, Margaret Auerbach, join me to share his memories. Margaret, welcome and thank you so much for joining me. Thank you very much. Thanks and hello to everyone. So, Margaret, um, I, I knew your late dad. Uh, he worked at the board when I just started, um, so we had a couple of years together. He was the sweetest, kindest, intellectual, gentlest man that I have ever met. When I first did my tour of the Johannesburg Holocaust and Genocide Center and I saw a picture of him in that exhibition, really my, my heart welled. I felt quite, quite emotional. So I'm really pleased to have you as my guest to talk about your remarkable father. Um, what are your memories of Franz? Thank you for those kind words. Yes, he was very gentle and a very special person. And um, I think we all loved him dearly in the family. Um, I I know one of the things that, that I, I thought I could mention is that he remembered from when he was a child that his mother, Alice, used to like them to go out walking, both of his parents. It was very important for them. And so they would go. He used to tell us that I think every Sunday they would go walking or hiking, no matter what the weather was. And that was a tradition that sort of carried on in our family that, that he used to, we often used to go Walking, we'd go on picnics often to places, Robinson Lake, Germiston Lake, many different places, Wemapan, and we often would go camping as well. And that is something that both my parents loved to do. So well into their late um, life, they both still used to go camping and they had the little tent that they would set up. That was very important. So he obviously took a lot of strong memories from his youth. He was born in Germany and what happened to him there and having to flee as a refugee obviously stayed very clearly in his mind. And the injustice of what happened to him there inspired him to fight the injustice here. Do you want to tell that story? Certainly that that those early experiences were very important for him and he felt that living in South Africa it was really important given what his experience was in Nazi Germany that people should stand up against prejudice and bigotry and that kind of thing and so it was very important that that he became involved with the struggle and yeah and joined a lot of organizations to, to do that. He was a part of a number of organizations, and the chapter describes some of those organizations he was. But it was specifically in the field of education that Franz made his mark. And do you want to talk? I mean, he, he didn't manage to finish matric when he left school. Do you want you to share his own personal educational journey? Sure. Well, he came to South Africa, I think he was 13, and I think it was 1936 or 37. And then... um 
he started helping his parents to, he started teaching English to German immigrants in Johannesburg and to kind of um, help with the family income because his parents uh, couldn't do what they'd been doing in Germany. They, you know, the qualifications were not recognized yet. And so he began that, that whole teaching thing and then he matriculated here and I think at Space Bona School and he was actually the head prefect there as well. So he basically, you know, studied himself and, and, and managed to put himself through university and, and through, you know, teaching, qualifying as a teacher. I mean, the, the, the book tells the, the wonderful story of him being the head boy of the school and saying, listen, I understand, you know, there's a war with Germany. I'm German. I'm happy to step down. And the school's saying, oh, no, absolutely not. Um, <laughs> yeah. We definitely want you. Yeah, no, no, he spoke about that uh, often. And I think that was, you know, that was his nature. He was very sensitive to other people and very caring and compassionate. And, yeah, he was a very special person. Growing up, um, in terms of what he was doing with regard to education at the time of apartheid, were you aware, you as the children, aware of what he was doing and at the, at, of the risks that he was taking? Yes, very much. You know, we we were very involved in what was going on, all of us, in different various ways. And we used to go with him often to rallies and political events and would be, you know, very much part of, you know, in the early days of the Institute for Race Relations, he was quite involved with that. And he, we used to go along to a lot of the lectures and, and things that, they, that were organized. So we were definitely aware of, you know, of that. Margaret, did he talk about danger at all? Did he ever feel frightened or threatened? Or did you as children ever feel frightened or threatened? No, I wouldn't say. He was always so positive and optimistic about everything and also about believe that people were intrinsically good and that things would always get better. Uh, he, He was never negative about things, just really felt that it was important to work towards change and improvement and and equality. Well, you talk about change and movement equality, which brings us back to the title of the chapter, which is The Human Being. And um, the reason, Jonathan, I imagine, took that uh, heading for that chapter is because of his one-man crusade to not be classified by race on his certificates. And I wonder if you can share that story. Yes, that is a really important thing. He, he felt that that he didn't want to be classified uh, under any race. And so he he wanted to, he asked for them to reclassify him as a human being. And uh, they basically, when he went to apply for this, they they didn't know what to do and they kind of scratched their head and, and um, you know, it wasn't possible, they said. And so he, I think he wrote a, a piece about it and then eventually he kind of handed in his ID book and, and said he didn't want anything to do with this classification. So it was a really important statement. He left a great legacy, uh, Margaret. Um, I know that there are annual lectures that are held in his name. Uh, do you want to talk about, for you, what his legacy is? Um, yeah, the annual lectures have been a wonderful honouring of him. Um, Pat Emanuel Shul has um, been doing that for, I think, 
think there have been 15 lectures. And it's been a really wonderful uh, honouring that, you know, there have been wonderful people who have given the lectures, people like Edwin Cameron and Professor Jonathan Janssen, Yasmin Suka, um, and many others, uh, Rabbi Nava Hefetz. So that's been really wonderful. And they've all been more or less, you know, around the subject of um, interfaith quality, you know, humanitarian lectures. And, and I think that has been an absolutely wonderful thing that, that Beit Emanuel has done to honor his, his um, legacy. His involvement with the Holocaust Center as well, as I said, I, I saw an exhibition of him at the Holocaust Center. Uh, well, not exhibition, but uh, in inclusion of him. How important was a Holocaust Center to him, do you think? Yeah, I think he, he was very aware of it. Even, you know, when he came to South Africa, a group of friends and immigrated started the It's Chaim congregation. And so he was very loyal to that for very many years. And I think that was, um, they had Yad Vashem, an exhibition that started there, and then I think it moved to the Great Synagogue eventually. That was very much a part of his whole experience that um, colored his whole life, I think. Yeah, I think exactly that. Um, the Holocaust experience, the, the equality, the striving for equality, the desire to teach and to uplift others really kind of what he can be known for. Um, Margaret, thank you very much. Are there any um, personal memories that you want to share as a kind of closing statement? He was very, yeah, he was a wonderful, wonderful person and an absolutely fantastic role model. And he was also very fun-loving. He enjoyed um, sort of, he used to, do fun sort of things and he was very involved in things that were going on in Johannesburg and events. We all used to go on the Rand Daily Mail big walk every year. So, you know, the family was a very strong, um, loving sort of unit and I was very, I am very lucky to have had him and so are my, you know, my brothers as well to have had him as, as such a wonderful role model. Well, Margaret, thank you so much for joining me to share those memories. Pleasure. Thank you very much. That was Margaret Albach talking about her late dad, Franz Albach, who is one of the mentioned, mentioned in Menches in the Trenches.